You're listening to the Versus Node podcast, presented by GamerNode.com. Welcome to episode 17 of the Versus Node podcast. I'm Eddie Anzato, the executive editor and website director of GamerNode.com, and I'm here, as always, with Jason Finelli. How you doing, Jason? Tired. Tired. <laughs> Our Tired. editor is dead. Dead. Poor baby. Poor baby. <laughs> to, to this two-job thing is killing me, but it has to be done. Right. It has to be done. Right, well, maybe talking about games will revitalize you a little bit. And then going and playing some games right afterwards. Perfect. I agree. And the other guest today, a first-time participant. Oh, yeah. George Brandes, the old-school columnist on GamerNode.com. How you doing? Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it is an honor to be part of this awesome podcast. I'm ready to get down for some video game talking. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> so... We're here today to talk about why we actually play video games, because it's something that I consider all the time having you them. I wonder what the motivation is to get involved with any game in particular. You know, we could say, I just play games for fun, or I just play games because I want to be entertained. But that really doesn't mean anything, because what is fun is what is entertaining to a variety of different people. So, uh, the general question is, why do we play games? Do you guys have any general thoughts on that question, like general responses to that question, before we get into really further detail? I think you can't downplay the fun or the be entertained, though, Eddie. Don't, don't downplay those two aspects, because those are huge <laughs> reasons why we do play video games. I mean, shoot, if they weren't fun, well, then again, sometimes they aren't fun, because that's why I take my, my Nintendo remote control and either bite it or throw it across the entire room. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, there is an aggravation aspect to it. But of course, these games have to be fun and have to be entertaining. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing with ourselves? <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, do they give more than that? I mean, depends on the game you're playing. I mean, if you take a game like Wizardry, old school, for example... That game is not really fun or entertaining at all. It almost, <laughs> it almost plays like a video book. <laughs> but you know what? People have been reading forever and being entertained by books forever. So, I mean, maybe the video game in itself is just an evolution of older entertainment as well. Right. Right. Well, you say you can't downplay the fun, and I'm not really trying to downplay the fun. I'm just trying to define what what the fun okay. of games really is because, like you said, you. it's... It's annoying, but it can be fun. It can be entertaining because, you know, maybe by playing Wizardry, um, one reason that I like to play games is to achieve goals, uh, like to, to be successful. And in a game like Wizardry, when you spend all this time, you, you, make, you put in all this effort, and then you finally succeed, I find that that's really rewarding and it, it is fun to do. Also in a game like Wizardry, there's a lot of exploration, Ah, which is another yeah. another good reason to play. I, I don't know. Wizardry is probably a horrible example, and maybe our listeners don't even know what wizardry is. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, I I would agree with that only because wizardry, as as influential and as good as it is for gaming as a whole. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know. Well, I, I just I couldn't play it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard I heard it's everyone hard. say it, it's what started the old school RPG and and mm -hmm. RPGs. I have people say that to me all the time. Real real big wizardry fans, and I'm just like, so the biggest RPG ever is a boring, basically text based, <laughs> pull my hair out experience. And it's and it's so unforgiving too. Like you can put in hours and hours into this game to develop slowly develop your characters and then die in one fight. And you lose them for basically forever. I wrote about this in one of my articles. It's such a awesome feeling when you have that happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, without a game like Wizardry, there would be no Demon Souls, which was an award winner last year for um, nice. game of the year from a, of a number of outlets. That is true. It is essentially the new school Wizardry. 
Wow, damn, I gotta get my, my claws into that one. But see, Wizardry, I mean, Demon Souls, I would like a whole lot more because I'm, like, in the world. I'm moving around. I'm not just going from, like, screen to screen and but, having, you know what I mean? It's more of an immersive atmosphere, if you ask me. Right. Well, you have the march of technology, obviously. Demon well, true. Is amazing looking and, and can do a lot more with the world, but the fundamental elements were present back in like Dungeons and Dragons days, and that's where wizardry came from, and that's where more RPGs. Exactly. I was just gonna say that to Jason. Like, I think all the D and D players who were didn't have anything to use but their imagination. Now they finally have sort of something to look at with wizardry, and they can combine that with their imagination, and then eventually, <laughs> through the march of technology, you have these immersive worlds. Go right. talk to Zork fans. Zork fans were playing with words. Right, straight Hell up. Hell yeah. You mentioned StarCraft 2. StarCraft 2 is, is a, is a, reminds me of something I want to get into as far as why we play games. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is anticipation or wanting yes. to go back to a time where um, gaming was like your thing. It was the only thing you had to worry about. It takes you back to a time, I guess, of innocence. I know StarCraft 2 fans can relate to this because until this past July, all they have was StarCraft 1, which was, let's remind my, what, 12, 13 years old? Right. Maybe a little, maybe a little less than that. But yeah, it was old, 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 old. And then finally they get a sequel. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Like in between Street Fighter 3 and Street Fighter 4, that was a good eight, like seven, eight year absence. So all the Street Fighter fans were salivating for a game and they're mm-hmm. finally getting it. It, 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 it's almost like the companies know, okay, we're not going to even touch this franchise until we absolutely have to, and if we don't, they'll burn the office down. I don't know, though. I think, like, in the mold of movies now, though, they like cranking these sequels out faster and faster and faster. Like, I feel like it's moving at an accelerated pace, honestly. Like, I well, get you with the StarCraft, there is a huge lag, but I I would throw War, uh, World of Warcraft and Warcraft 3 in between that. I mean, they're not exactly the same game, yeah, I get you, but for me, Warcraft 3 was kind of that in-between StarCraft 2 and StarCraft 1 also. Those real-time strats to me, I, I was even telling to Jess, my girlfriend, earlier today, like, they, for as much beauty as they give to them, they're still the same game, and it's really just speeded up chess in my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, chess. that's all those, that's all they really are. I mean, you, you have a point there. I mean, real-time strategy games, it's it's chess where you don't have to wait for the other person to go. Yep. And if honestly, wanna... at the highest level, have you ever watched it being played at the highest levels? I can't. I get motion sickness. Exactly. <laughs> it's not the game anymore. The highest level of play of that game is really a mutation of the game, in my opinion. You can't appreciate the graphic the beauty of it because you're just scrolling all over the place and slamming the keyboard nonstop and reading the map. <laughs> but you know, that's another broad sweeping reason to play games that I think a lot of people are drawn in by across a variety of genres is, is competition. I mean, we play sports yeah. since the beginning of time, you know, games started as physical games and now they're computer games, but in games like RTSs and first person shooters as well, it's a lot about competition. I mean, there are people who simply go and just play online. They All they do is play death matches. You know, they, they just yep. jump on Call of Duty, and that's it. Same thing hey. with sports games as well. It's all competition, and that's yeah. it's like a really big motivator for a lot of people. Without a doubt, it's a huge motivator. I mean, I think the reason Madden translates so well is because it's not so much about playing the game, but being the coach, like... Um, football as a coach is just so schematic (laughs) and it like translates so well to the freaking video game system but I always used to diss sports games because like I like playing sports and like baseball doesn't translate as well to the video game console and it's just frustrating to play those things honestly (laughs) so like this is not what would happen (laughs) football definitely has that like scheming like the defense schemes against the offense that you don't have with baseball or any of the other sports i mean i get it with madden but it's the same i mean which would be the same with the real-time strats it's the same with the well the first persons are a little different i think the disappointing thing with the first persons is like yeah sure the first time you play through those kind of games you're like yeah i want to be the best i want to battle the best and then you kind of realize 
there's a lot of really good players out there and there's not really a way to really evaluate each person I mean I guess at those super high tournament levels but like I don't know it's almost in your head well I mean with football games going back to the sports stuff there's a lot of things in the games themselves yes of course you're you're simulating um, very popular real life sports um, events but there's things in games that you, that you have to account for that'll never happen in real life. So it'll never be a true simulation, like a guy running through a wall, mm-hmm. or or like a, a player glitching to where he's underneath the field, <laughs> and all you see are the bottom of his feet, like he's walking on a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and so people people who say they play it for the simulation bit, that's almost like lying to themselves, because you'll yeah. never have a true sports simulator. No. The only one I think that. The only one I think that comes remotely close is is the golf games. Ping because, pong. Or, mm. yeah, <laughs> like Rockstar Table Tennis might be one of the best. Because um, whether you're playing it, like if you're talking like graphically. and No, and, and, and the way the, see, for me, the, the physics are off a lot too. When the realism is off, like in the baseball specifically, that's the one, those are the, the sports games I've played the most. And like, like intuitively on the field, I know how the game is like plays very well. I mean, I freaking even taught this game, but and it frustrates the shit out of me when I play a baseball game, <laughs> and like a pitch that would never be able physically to be hit out of the park goes out of the park by the computer, like right, like it was put on a tee, and I'm like, that's bullshit. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> right. It's like they they take a low and away slider over the left field wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Only Eddie yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I guess a lot of people, like I personally only play certain genres because I've been playing them my entire life. Exactly. Like, I, uh, well, I mean, the only one I guess, well, no, even shooters. Shooters would count because Goldeneye on 64, I, I spent how many hours playing fucking Goldeneye? And uh, Goldeneye on the Wii, I think, is a very um, faithful adaptation couple of liberties that have to be taken to make it modern age, but it's very, very faithful to the original, and I like that. That's cool. um, but, but you got shooters with the with like with Goldeneye, like I said, you got fighting games with Street Fighter Two and Tekken Two and and Mortal Kombat and all that stuff. Um, even racers, like I'm, I'm slowly getting excited for Gran Turismo Five. I'm afraid to because as soon as I do, it gets delayed again. But you have four Gran days. Turismo, I think you'll be all right this time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gran Turismo One and Two on. Uh, PS1 were great, and uh-huh. if, I, if if five can recapture what I liked about one and two, but bring it into modern time, that's awesome. I, I could play it for days. Yeah, I think sometimes these game makers are so obsessed with tweaking the game, and they kind of fuck it up in the process. Like like I was such a huge Fallout 2 fan, and the what they did to Fallout 3, I think was such a like I played through it all, and I enjoyed it, but it it, it was such a it played Fallout 2 so hard, I thought. Like, it took away the greatness of 2 so mm. badly. It was a different game. Yeah, it, it is. They, like, really it's changed a, it up. They bastardized it. Uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking about when you're saying games that you've played forever, because when I first was uh, conceptualizing this question here, I was thinking a lot about platformers. I can look at the games on my shelf, and I could pick out particular reasons why they would be appealing to me or some other gamer. But when I think about platformers, uh, other than just saying it's fun, I didn't really have a good reason. But I was I was basically brought up on platformers. So it's that taken, yeah. being taken back to my childhood sort of thing. Right now I'm playing the like Sly, Sly Cooper um, series, which is essentially just a normal 3D platformer like... Uh, from the N64 era, you had these platformers that were all kind of the same, but they were the 3D adaptation of the game that we've been playing since we were, like, two, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that platformer, the platformers have kind of hit a wall with that 3D stuff because it's just been t- challenging to get the cameras working right. It seems like it's it's not, it, when they went 3D, something was altered with them because, like, when on the 2D platformers, on top of them being insanely frustrating to the point that you want to break your, break everything and get violent, like I instantly think of like Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> um, but, 
But like, yeah, when they went to the 3D, something was lost. But there was an awesomeness to being it. The platformer wasn't just about fun. I think it was about being skilled, like you guys, like we were talking about earlier. Because, like, when you got good at Mario, like you became a ninja. I mean, all those games, <laughs> you became a ninja with your hands, like speed runs and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, hell I hear that. yeah. Hell yeah! Platformers are about being skilled. See a lot of that's in the fighting game community too. Like if the guy, the guy Daigo, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Daigo Umahara, he's like the most famous Street Fighter professional player in the world. That's so um, funny. A guy like him, he just on Friday just had a little event where he went to the Capcom studio and he sat there. He got on their Xbox Live and PlayStation Network accounts, and he basically took open challenge. He took twenty on Xbox Live, and he took twenty on PlayStation Network. His combined record for the two was 37 and 3. Nice. He only lost to three people. When you're that good at a game, I'll, I would, if I was that good, shit, I wouldn't stop playing it because that's like, oh, oh, you think you can beat me? Go, next. Yeah. Next. Well, I guess, although I guess eventually you would hit a wall. Exactly. You're, you're just so good that um, it's, it's not fun to you anymore. But when you go to you know professional tournaments like Evo and win 40 grand for playing a video game, that'll never get old. That's yeah. a good motivator, 40 grand. Yeah. You do tend to hit a wall, though. I, at least me personally, like, like you get good at the game, you get as good as you can, and then like it's hard to find motivation to continue playing, especially when they do have a new release down the road of something else. <laughs> yeah, thinking about all that that uh, improvement on your manual dexterity, I was I'm about to take this in a maybe a less fun academic route, but I was listening to a seminar, a TED talk by a psychologist, Stuart Brown. And he was, he was talking about no, he was talking about object play and like the manipulation of objects in space. I mean, everyone plays with balls, and then like like you you pick up a stick and pretend it's a sword, things like that. You use your hand. And he said that you know the brain seeks complex manipulation via the hand as a way to understand its world. You know, like to to um, interact with the world and learn about the world. And when you're playing a video game, you're really doing a lot of hand manipulation and you're also getting visual feedback. So in a way, could this be a subconscious reason that we play to learn about a virtual world so that it teaches us about our real world? And also, <laughs> you know, you you improve your skills with your hands at the same time. It's almost like a learning tool. I think it'll apply more to the virtual world. Like all three of us, we've been playing video games forever. And, like, if you throw us in a new game, I bet you all three of us could adapt pretty quickly and figure out the, the gist of the game because we've seen, like, everything already pretty much and play, like, everything. <laughs> I don't know if it applies so much to the <laughs> real world, but definitely the virtual world. Okay, well, how about this? How about with the new motion-based games with, like, first starting mm. and then the, the move and the connect? The connect is no controller, and it's just your body in real physical space. That's... Yeah, that's interesting, and if finally, maybe the technology, I don't even know, I haven't messed with the Kinect, and I messed with the Wii, and it's pretty good, but, like, that technology has never been where it needed to be yet. Even in the arcade, like, Dave and Buster's, they have a boxing game, I don't remember what it's called, but that even didn't register as well as I wanted it to, which pissed me off, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, it's funny, I was just having this conversation last night with with my girlfriend's, uh, my girlfriend's brother was playing black ops while we were hanging out because you know we, we, were, we weren't doing anything and no one was watching tv so he started playing and we were watching and her mother kept saying you know i can't i don't understand how he does it i don't understand how he's able to just you know use the sticks and adapt and i mentioned the time when my girlfriend decided you know what i want to play some halo i just want to see how good i am at it and she had everything down except for moving her body with the stick versus moving her sight with the stick she would always try to use the right hand to move the body, and she'd end up spinning in the circle. <laughs> um, and, I, and I said to them, the reason Sean could pick – or Sean, it was just my girlfriend's brother, or I can pick up that controller and just know is because we're preconditioned to it. Yeah, We've been doing exactly. it our entire lives. We've been doing it – we could literally – you could put a game in front of us. I could like, figure out the controls real quick, and then boom, there we go. Yeah. But – Someone like, like my girl who does not have a back. Her background is Sonic the Hedgehog, and the original hmm. Mario Brothers. But which is fine. I have that background too. Difference is I don't have a gap between Nintendo sixty four and now. She does. Yeah, I do. I do too. 
I can't fuck with the consoles really, like the Xbox. I mean, I got the hang of of Call of Duty, the one before this one. I don't know what it was. Not the World War Two one. Modern Warfare, I guess it was. It took me just a little bit, but I wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, you know what? I take it back. I got used to it pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you played, you played Resident Evil Four, and you got into it pretty easily. Yeah, I just I played for like eight thousand days in a row. Uh, that game it's all, was great. Preconditioning. Another side effect of being a gamer for such a long time is that, well, for me anyway, is that a lot of times, I think George mentioned it a little bit earlier about um, not being as excited by by things that aren't novel. Like, you, you want to have new games, you know? I want to experience something new. It's why I like very strange games or very abnormal games, you know? You said there were some, maybe there were some obscure games that you could find. But whenever a game does something differently, I find it much more interesting, and it gives me a reason to explore what's there. I feel like I always come back to the word explore, because I, by my nature, am an explorer. I like to seek out new things, and I think that's one strong reason to play games, because, I mean, obviously it is for me, so it must be for someone else. So I don't yeah, I'm, all the veteran gamers probably feel a similar way. I mean, unless they're mindless veteran gamers who only played, like, one genre, like the the guy who only plays Madden games, and I don't even know how many of those are really out there. But, yeah, you would think all these gamers like you, me, and Jason, who played a wide range of games would be being fed something, but it doesn't seem like we're considered at all. We're too unpredictable. <laughs> So you think, but also, also, it's not even about radical change. Sometimes it's about just like taking what's already there and put it together in a logical form. That it's just to add more substance to the game. Like this, this instant gratification shit that's going into video gaming is so annoying to me. I mean, there's such a lack of depth to so many games now. And yeah, I mean, I was telling you early, like, the, yeah, they they cover it over with the achievement stuff, but I don't know. I mean, like, I've seriously played games and revisited games over a span of a decade and still learned about the game over that time. Like, you don't really, you can't buy a $60 game out there that would do that. I would, I mean, if there are out there, just give it to me because I would love to play it. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing that I could think of for for really long-term uh, commitment and, and learning and uh, experimentation are the the 4x games, you know, the big strategy, grand strategy games like Civ. Yeah, the Civs. Yeah, I you know I wanted to get Civ Five, but I was scared <laughs> of getting it because I didn't want to like throw my life into it. <laughs> right. I honestly don't even play those games very much anymore. The closest thing that I've gotten really in in recent years is the Total War series to those yeah. big games. I played through Rome, the medieval one, and the Empire one, and I honestly think they went in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Rome Total War, the first one seems to be the best. I mean, maybe the simplicity of the fighting, like, I don't know. It's To me, it's the cleanest. Right. But they, did, they do try to keep adding and adding. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's really... It's like cheesy little ads. But, um... Even taking a game like like getting away from the freaking slow simulators like that, like even River City Ransom, like okay, you had Double Dragon, you had that setup already, but then you take River City Ransom and you kind of twist it with like a RPG element to it, and it makes a great game. It's like two concepts that are already there, you tweak it and you got a good game. Like I don't know, <laughs> yeah, it seems logical and it's not like you had to think so far out of the box to recreate an entirely new genre or something, but you tweaked it in an intelligent, logical way. That also adds, like, playability to the game. Like, it's not just Double Dragon where it's linear. Mm -hmm. Now you have a game that's Double Dragon-ish, but you can go back and forth, and you're building up your character. Like, I don't right. know. I think to build a character is a, a big deal as well. In any game I where I can... Like, this is another thing. Demon Souls, the Fallout games, River City Ransom... Mm -hmm. Any game where I'm building a character, um, you know, upgrading equipment and abilities and stats and stuff, that adds an immense amount of uh, playability and motivation to play for me. Hell, yeah, I especially that. if you can customize and personalize. Didn't they even add that feature in freaking Black Ops? Isn't yeah, that something sort of. new? Yeah, so there you Finally, go. Finally, yeah. 
sort of. Well, I have two. I have two words for you. Mass Effect. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's like the quintessential game customization. Like you can customize gender, face, um, what type of not just what kind of weapons they use, but what kind of in what fashion are they going to use those weapons? Are they going yeah. to be more long range? Or are they going to be more short distance, but also use the whole biotic thing? Are they going to that's be real cool. tech oriented, where they can disable people? Like if they're if they're VIs or whatever, instead of just you know shooting them, it, it's that that adaptability and that um, I don't know what you would call it uh, the the creativity the create the creative aspect of it yeah. that makes those games so appealing and also like like I mean I've never played it but that sounds pretty awesome and I see on Steam a lot of people play it too I don't even know how well it did market wise but but a game like that too. You play through the game once, and you can't even experience the entire game. Like, you have to play through it a lot. And, like, I don't know. The play value in that, to me, seems immense. Like, that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That's why you play Fallout 2 a million times, because you don't really experience it one time through. Yeah, especially with the dialogue trees added. When you have Hell yeah. the, the really the effective dialogue trees, then oh. that's good. There's when some you, when you can answer, things you can do in that game. Sorry. When you can answer, when you can answer a question three different ways, you want to hear all three ways. So you'll go exactly. Through, you'll go through one playthrough as a really nice dude. You'll go through one playthrough as a jackass, and you'll go one playthrough as the guy who's like meh, whatever. <laughs> but even with uh, that, like, like what was so disappointing about Fallout Three that Fallout Two had, like Fallout Two was so raw and like they really wanted to make it gritty like you could kill kids you could have sex like there's a one scenario where like in order to be one a made man in one of the mafia families that you have to mess around with in one of those cities like there's a scene where you have to like force this guy out into the graveyard and make him dig up some grave that that he hid money that he stole from and then you have an option where you can just like drop a, a freaking landmine on his head <laughs> like like, it was so random, but it's so, like, brutal, too. <laughs> it's brutal, but disregarding what the action actually is, the option is just awesome. To be able exactly. to complete your task in such a variety of ways makes for a very engaging game. And that's why I am I can't get enough of Bethesda and now, I guess, Obsidian. Yeah. Yeah, and I, heard, I, heard aside from, I heard aside from the glitches that New Vegas is pretty faithful to the franchise as a whole. Yeah, I um, I admittedly don't like those big ass games. I like games <laughs> with 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 uh, mass like Mass Effect and stuff like that. But Focus. any game where it takes me twenty minutes to walk from point A to point B just to complete a mission, unless unless I'm like distracted by like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, it may take a while to get from one side of where I have to be to the other side. But I have shit to do in between. I have flags to collect. I have um the truth to figure out. I have you know things like that. And it's not just like a draw, walking, shoot this guy, yeah. walk, shoot that yeah, guy. Yeah, I hear you. I, Fallout I did. You know what? Fallout Three was more about. The, I feel like the music and the in the environment they tried to really bring out. Like, and in that sense, that was supposed to distract you from point A to point B. But I know what you're saying. There is a lot of like empty feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. A big appeal of Fallout and Oblivion, and even something like. Red Dead Redemption is the world. They they really immerse you in a world, and I think that's a big appeal as well to sort of go somewhere that you can't necessarily go, you know, and to participate in activities that would otherwise be impossible or or unlikely. You know, even in something like uh, Uncharted, being this Indiana Jones type figure, you're in a world that resembles the real world possibly or maybe it doesn't and you're just doing fantastic things and i think that's that's a really engaging way to participate in a video game and it really motivates you to to join in and actually take part there's 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 one aspect of being a gamer or liking to game that i think we haven't we haven't touched on yet mm. this and fan service Fan service. Like if you're a big fan of something, and they make it into a game, uh huh. Yeah. You know, or they take something that you like, and they cross it over with a game. Yeah. You're just like, all right. Even if it's two games. Those games are shit, though. Usually, when you turn like no, 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 no. 
no, no, no. To the I, general I, public. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about like in a general sense. Like for me, for me, I was I'm a big Street Fighter kid growing up, and I read a lot of Marvel comics. When they crossed uh, those two games, uh, I was in. That I was, was in. Yeah, that was a smart I still, move. I'm still in, <laughs> but but like. I'm a handheld guy too. I like my DS. I play it a lot. Two of my favorite franchises are Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, and Professor Layton. And then Level Five comes out, and they're like, you know what? We're making a game. It's a crossover: Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney. And I just went, what? And yeah. now all I That's want is cool. for them to bring it to America because I can't read Japanese, so I can <laughs> play this game. And right. I don't need somebody to translate it. Uh... And what yeah. I was going to say is that while you know, maybe a more quote-unquote hardcore gamer or someone who's a, a veteran or an experienced gamer might look at a lot of movie tie-ins or, or franchise games um, with, you know, negativity because they're usually not very good. Those games do sell well. I mean, remember Cars was like one of the best-selling games some year because it was True. tied in with the movie? Because people connect with that they go out and they buy the game even if it sucks they still enjoy it because you know it's it is a subject that they enjoy you know that no. movie is a subject they enjoy and i like no, i don't want to i don't want to get myself cross here i didn't say license because mm -hmm. license games they are terrible mm -hmm. right i said fan yeah stuff. i'm thinking of like remakes of movies that turn into games that are just complete shit like there's so nah. many of those no, but like even so, the that, Rings any, games, <laughs> you know. Any Anne Rand fan, anyone who read and enjoyed Atlas Shrugged, salivated when they heard that Bioshock was based on that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That that yeah. kind of thing. Street I read Fighter one fans, page of Atlas Shrugged. Street Fighter fans <laughs> and Tekken fans are now salivating because they're crossing those two games. Right, but even to take it a step further, the licensed games, which are terrible still provide motivation for someone to pick them up and play them because of Oh, them. yeah. Those are Mostly just fans of those movies. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, suckers like, buy those games. Suckers. Seriously. Well, I mean, not, you can't say that, too. Like, <laughs> how, many, how many educated video games, like, people, like, who have played a lot of video games jump on those kind of games? Now, see, you can't, it, it's not all that, though. There could be great, uh, crazy gamers who also enjoy the movie that the game is sourcing. So they're saying, you know, I like the movie. Let's see if I like the game. A lot of the time, especially in Iron Man's case, they're going to come back to me and say, wow. I hate you for letting me buy this. Exactly. <laughs> but, more, than, more than not, those games but it, fail. It creates, but it creates the the wanting to play the game. Isn't that what this podcast is about? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Marketing, the marketing aspect is huge, and, and it's, it is multi-pronged. It's not just the fun or the anticipation of fun. It is multi-pronged. Like, I feel like for me, as a kid, reading Nintendo Power, reading all the articles about the games, intertwined with actually getting the games. Internet doesn't help that at all. Internet yeah. makes it worse. Mm -hmm. No, like, hell I, yeah. I'm not to keep talking about the same company over and over again, though I think Eddie would expect that from me at this point. <laughs> but Capcom is the master. Uh-huh. Master of creating hype through marketing. Oh yeah. Their, ver their very first trailer for Marvel Cap Three back in uh, April, they had the trailer. But before that, they showed both of the symbols, like Capcom's uh, logo and Marvel's logo, and they had silhouettes of other people, other fighters that they hadn't revealed yet. Right. And Just you had to say, you. and you had to say, "Ooh, who who are these people? You know, who's going to be in it?" Blah, blah blah. They're still doing that. But now they're doing it in places where only people who are really obsessed, not me, uh, luckily. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not really obsessed. Are going to find them. Like this week they revealed the special edition of the game. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the reveal there's this little graphic where it shows you one of the things that they give you. It's a decal for your system so you can make your system all Marvel Capified. But on the bottom stripe, like there's, there's a little red stripe at the bottom, and there's a silhouette there that we don't know who it is. They haven't revealed <laughs> them yet. Somebody found that. Mm -hmm. And then the forums went crazy. Who's that? Oh, it looks like this person. It looks like this person. Anyone who's listening and see this, I think it's Taskmaster, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's things like that. It's little things like that that someone will pick up on and then basically create a feeding frenzy. It creates like a social world too. Like, yeah, sure, in, in Call of Duty, you're directly talking to your friends and and stuff, but even with this anticipation of this game that you're talking about, you created this world with the forums too, where everybody's like, 
speculating and talking about each other. So like, We're even though games, each other. yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're even freaking uh, speculating on the, who this guy is. <laughs> right. It, the dude, the it, anticipation it's becomes a game in itself. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the anticipation can outdo the game. I think it always sometimes, does. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, most of the time. There are some. There are some games where I was actually just as excited to play the game as I was hearing about the game. Right. But if anyone ever says to me, "Give me an example of overhype or the wrong way to market," I always point to Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, always, because that one because they had a website, the Dojo website, and every day at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, midnight Pacific, they would update with little things about the game. Every yeah. single day. It could be a, a music track. It could be um, a game mechanic. <clears throat> it could be, hell, it could have been a brand new character. But people would stay up. Huh? Would the people care about it, though? Oh, oh my yeah. God. People would oh, stay yeah. up till 3 in the morning on Game Facts and Nintendo forums, wait for the update, and then immediately talk about it. Right. One in particular, and I did this a couple of times. One, one night in particular, I'll never forget, was October 10th of 2007 it's when they officially revealed sonic yeah and big time and the nintendo forums crashed so it's almost like at that point the game is an extension of the marketing not the other way around i know right right? (laughs) it's really the social experience (laughs) and then the game came out and so many people thought it was a step down from melee i didn't but you know what even even when that happens a lot of times they players don't care because they're already enmeshed in this game that they've been playing through the marketing. Right. Well, a lot of, I mean, sometimes I question whether that's what Black Ops or a lot of the Call of Duty games is. I know it's, it's the like, same they, freaking game. They just market it different ways. But here, here, here's the thing. I think what makes a game like Demon Souls so appealing mm-hmm. is what did you know about it before Nothing. it came out? Nothing. Nothing. You know, even after it came out, I didn't know about it. Yeah, me neither. You guys are telling me this for the first time today. (laughs) And then you played it, and you were like, what is this? And it it became one of your your favorite games. There are some people that go so far as to create an account as the character. Like, there's a guy (laughs) on there. There's a guy on there who poses as Dr. Doom. I mean, it's not creepy at all. It's actually really funny. <laughs> he, like, right. he, like, bolds every other word, bold and caps every other word. So, like, you could what basically you could say it as Dr. Doom, and it would make perfect sense. It's role-playing. <laughs> we play yeah. role-playing games, right? He's playing a role-playing game on a forum. Yo, it's not really that. Yeah, you, Before and he plays different. the real game, he's playing the role-playing game through right. with everybody else. <laughs> And if there's a particular guy who's trolling or whatever, he'll just trash him as Doom, and it's so funny. That is, it's like it's another reason to play to escape reality. They're just living in yep. a whole other world. It's an alternate reality, and each video oh, is its own individual alternate reality. Hell yeah! And, and, and a lot of the alternate reality thing is, say, if you you know back in the old days you would lose all your lives and you'd have to continue, or now you would die and have to go back to the last checkpoint. It is an alternate reality that you are in charge of so yeah. if you screw it up you feel the consequence you have to go back and do it again right you know what i mean and and even the ability to try it again is very appealing like i have a scar on my arm from an injury that i sustained a couple of years ago i can't go back and avoid that oh you know i thought mean? you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say it's from a video game no, <laughs> no, 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 i don't no, mean no, to laugh no. at your injury i can't i can't go back to that day knowing that's going to happen and dodge those circumstances. I can't do that. But in a game, if I die because a guy comes from the the right and I don't expect it, the next time I can hit continue, walk down that hallway, immediately turn to the right and pop him off. Right. That's something you know yeah, we hadn't even gotten to that yet is being being empowered is such such an incredible motivator. Like we talked yeah. about winning, we talked that's about what... achievement, we talked about escape, but to be empowered is incredible. Like, take a game like Prototype, <laughs> <laughs> where you are basically God. Huh. That is, that's just... I've never funny. messed with that either. That sounds pretty cool. You're just so powerful. I mean, even, you know, even games like... Well, even I'm, the, the sports simulators, I feel like 
every spaz loves the sports simulators because, shoot, I can't hit a home run in real life, but I can hit this thing out of the park every time in the freaking game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's applicable in almost all genres. That might be the appeal of basically every arcade sports game ever made, like NFL Blitz. Yeah. No one's actually going to tackle a guy so hard that he flies across the field. But yeah. I can't can set the rim on fire when I don't. Exactly. And when like, you do, you can't <laughs> – when you get on fire, you can't jump all the way to the, touch the ceiling and then dunk it. It doesn't work. That You would kill yourself. Those games are cool because they took it to a little bit of an extreme. Like right. the right. games that try to emulate the realism, It's to me it's just like, I don't know. Go play like, the for, game. Go play Gretzky's the game in NHL real life. Hockey. Yeah. Gretzky's NHL hockey on the 64. If the goalie made so many saves, he would just turn into a brick wall. And right. Then, <laughs> every That's shot awesome. he shot him, just hit the wall. <laughs> so you're essentially becoming virtually superpowered anytime right. you play a video game. I, I would say it's more of an escape than anything else. Like yeah, being I able like to. Empowerment combined, though. Yeah, I think it's, it's a grand interplay of all these different things. But what about people who are horribly out of shape and always wanted to be a UFC fighter or a WWE mm-hmm. wrestler or something like that? They have a way to do that. They have a way to create their own person, give them their own desired entrance music, their poses, all of that, their move set. They can basically, to the to the absolute detail of an actual wrestler, create their own persona. Right. And then go live it. Right. And then you can even play them in tournaments, and if you're good enough, make money, like the he's, guy you referred to. I mean, yeah, he's, that's insane. I, I, I don't know how a guy gets that good. That exactly. Like, but you even said but, he lost three times, so he's not undefeatable, and there might be other guys just as good as him. And that's the, right, the but, to me, when I came to that realization, I was like, there's no point in trying to be the best you just got to be good because any any it's like it's like they say about football any given Sunday any given day of this person exactly mm-hmm. yeah you're right any given I, Sunday I want to go back to uh, social for a second because yeah. I think that that is a big part of this discussion if only for the recent rise of social gaming say on Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff like that that game <laughs> Farmville wouldn't <laughs> do shit without the ability to tell other people what you're doing. Yeah, it's your you know friend's I mean? interaction with other people. Right. I think it applies for Call of Duty, too, though. Black Ops is the same way, too. Like, the only reason everybody's buying the sequel is because everybody's buying the sequel. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like a yeah. Thing. Like, all the little kids in the middle school, all the boys are talking about this game right now. Half the time the little kids in school are buying it is just because their friends are buying it and because they all want to be able to play it together. Like, it has nothing to do with the actual difference in the game or the improvement of the game. It's like they have to keep up with the Joneses, in a sense. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I mean, because I work in a gaming retail store, and all the kids come in, yo, that Call of Duty is awesome, isn't it? Oh, I was doing this, 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 and I was playing this. And a kid, his friend's like, no, you weren't, man. You suck. He's like, no. <laughs> creates this, this dog-eat-dog, I'm-better-than-you competition yeah. that a lot of times just ends up in, like, friendly whatever. It's almost as if Call of Duty has replaced going outside and playing, like, one-on-one basketball. Oh, totally. Instead of of proving your prowess, like, instead of proving your manhood through, you know, going out and getting dirty on on a football field and and a rough touch game like we used to do, Mm -hmm. not much, but we used to do it. Now you have to get thirty elastic Now you have to get thirty kills and have a two point five kill ratio. Right, right. In order, in order to be superior, which which is good, but at the same time, when the life expectancy of the world goes down to like fifty. Yeah. You know, I find it really interesting also that when I'm in a social situation where people are actually sort of gamers, and which is surprising in my life, but um, when I'm in that situation, and you know gamers? and uh, I say that I haven't played a game that's really popular that everyone's talking about, it sort of like stalls the conversation. Like, uh, you're the loser, Eddie. Yeah, like I'm the loser at that point. I'm like, oh, you're not good enough to be part of this conversation. Or, I mean, maybe it's not that bad, but I mean, it definitely does something to the social dynamic surrounding the conversation. 
Like it'll it'll just change the topic completely because the, everyone can't participate. Coming from the background that I came from, I don't think that the whole social aspect. I mean, yeah, I used to you know hang out with my buddies and we would play like WWF No Mercy or like some random fighting game against each other and we'd laugh and we'd have a party, make a party out of it. My yeah, hell, my eighth, parties. Yeah, my eighth birthday party. Um, I had a bunch of friends over from school. We had one TV running Clay Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I went there. Nice. And we had the other TV running Virtual Fighter on the 32X. Yeah, I had one of those too. And we had tournaments where the winners of the tournaments, won. we bought a prize and they won. That's and so funny. I did something like that too when I was younger. <laughs> um, was we great. did it with the Nintendo. What was the running pad on the Nintendo called? Oh, the... Uh, the uh, and it, it, came, like, it came with came with our power bed. Yeah, yo, we did a birthday party with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I had to borrow it from a friend though; it wasn't even mine. <laughs> well, it's a little bit different when you're, you know, 23 and you're doing it to get drunk and play with the power pad. It's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, you puke on it. Yeah, uh, your friend you probably wasn't happy about that. We had those LAN parties, too, where we would get all everybody's computers together and we would just get drunk and play whatever. We play a lot of Counter Strike before Steam. We play a lot of Counter-Strike against each other. And it was just a social event. Yeah, hell yeah. We right. play, we, I remember playing games like we didn't even go to sleep. We stayed up like two days straight. <laughs> yeah, now it's evolved, though, from it, it's getting less and less social while it's still, it's still booming in this, this social sort of gaming space. Because what I mean is that we used to play social video games in the same room with one another. And that was really cool because, you know, you're there with your friends, you're laughing, whatever. Now you're playing online, and it's still cool, but it's different. Um, it gives you more opportunity to play with more people, but it also you're losing more and more of this direct physical contact with people. Yeah, I found with, like, Left 4 Dead 2, yeah, you, you do have, like, everybody. You have access to anybody to play with, but as you play more and more you do tend to like pick and like you make friends and you realize who you actually like playing with and until you get that squad together it, it isn't as enjoyable i feel like i agree i agree with that too i i, I don't know i, I kind of and I, a lot of people i think you guys will agree with me on this too the ability to have the social gaming through the internet allows for people to be a little bit braver in what they say Oh, like, like oh, yeah, that's of like if someone's sitting right next to you and you call them horrible, horrible names, they're gonna kick the shit out of you, <laughs> rightfully so. But if you're over the internet telling them that their mother, you know, is the tramp of the neighborhood, that's a nice. Way nice. So the bad part of social gaming, it was a big thing in college between me and my buddies that Fight Night Round Two on the PlayStation Two ended mm -hmm. friendships. Oh no! Like for real. The games got so intense that the loser would be, like, legitimately pissed. People got so angry about losing that – because it was always come down to the wire. It would always be, like, That's a really why, tough fight. Yep. And then That's someone would be like, no, god damn it, and then that they'd be, just be pissed. That's what kind of turned me off this, the fighting games a little bit because, like, I, I was pretty good at them, but I just – I would get exactly like that. I got so competitive that – I couldn't calm myself down a little bit. <laughs> it's that adrenaline. You get you get like this epinephrine shot every time you play yeah. like that. And actually in a lot of different types of games, you get it when you play horror games. You get it when you're running in an action sequence like like in a I guess I can come back to Uncharted, you know, when when you're falling off of things and you have to press buttons quickly to to come yeah. back or something like Heavy Rain. Come on, Heavy Rain. That has some of the most adrenaline pumping action that I've ever experienced in a game. So you like that platformers that yeah exactly it goes from from every single genre there's always maybe not always but there's very often uh, an element of adrenaline involved when you play games Hell yeah. you know what I think maybe the reason I love those RPGs is because they're the least adrenaline in <laughs> games <laughs> yeah, the RPGs are all about grinding it out and and nice. doing everything and just being as as careful and all that as possible. Yep. Whereas games like Street Fighter and Call of Duty, it's like, Rawr, go do yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, 
so that I can make I can make Yuna and Titus swat giant Malboros with one hit. <laughs> Slowly by pressing fight. Boom! Malboro you're dead. Those are the worst enemies in all of gaming. But <laughs> terrible. Dicks. That's an awesome thing that we all, all three of us knew exactly what you meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Platformers used to aggravate me like that. Like, I seriously, my old Nintendo control has teeth marks in it, and I, I'm amazed that it works perfectly. But I would bite it, I would throw <laughs> it, I would fucking get so mad sometimes, and my mom would be like, why are you playing the game, then? <laughs> to be successful, finally. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you finally wanted to be successful. But yeah. Speaking of one of the reasons we play nostalgia, there it is again. There it is again. See, <laughs> that's why you get excited for games that are either remakes or or uh, reviving a series that's ten years old. I feel like the I... last thing that we haven't touched on, the last motivating factor that I could think of, I think story, like oh, just God. just a story, is probably like the bring... only I, other. I, I've been thinking about bringing that up. You are absolutely right. Yo, story is so downplayed, too. Yeah, because you were talking about books. We read books for entertainment. That's what a story is. It's just a story. So there are games that that are they live and die on their narrative. Heck yeah. I feel like like uh, the gaming world, the developer side of it, didn't even respect the storyline for the longest time, too. Like It's almost something that's still developing and still early in its stages. Yeah, there are games that... I think I play, and I don't even want to play. I just want to get to the next piece of story. Like uh, <laughs> I always come back to like Silent Hill, or Hell yeah. or even Metal Gear Solid games. Are yes, like that you know it's just or like Resident Evil Four was like that, or Final Fantasy Ten. I thought was such. I, that yeah, was the first you didn't want really to do those like, fights. <laughs> I couldn't believe Final Fantasy Ten. I thought that was such a great story. Like for the first time in all the Final Fantasies, they really like had characters like i don't know they they brought something more emotionally to it than they ever had before mm-hmm. i liked so it I, it wasn't a happy ending as, yeah. as, Hell as, yeah. you know as moody as that may sound i'm not usually like that but i, I, I don't, agree i don't like games where it's always like happy-go-lucky yay you know that kind of thing i like yeah i like games like 10 where it leaves you hanging i like games mm-hmm. like like uh final fantasy 7 where you start to really develop a relationship and you really start to depend on this one girl and then the main villain stabs her through the friggin' chest. Ah, that was just a because. sick twist, though. That's yeah, a good yeah. twist. Yeah, like, like if, if you've ever beaten Assassin's Creed 2, if you play and beat Assassin's Creed 2, when you beat that game and the credits roll and you go back to the main menu, all you can do is just sit there and be like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great, What though. just happened? Like, but that's, that's the thing. Like, now games are at a point where they've they've done so much, they've advanced so far, that they're really starting to have to branch out and tap into a variety of emotion from the player. Like it's yeah. it's no longer just, like I said, fun and and entertaining. These words span a broad range of emotion and yeah. reason for you to play. So I, I like games it. that make me scared. I like games that make me upset. I like games, you know, besides that that make me happy. I would demand it from the developers. I mean, they've shown the capacity now where, like, they can basically create movie-quality graphics. So then why aren't you giving us movie-quality acting and scripts as well? Like, what well, the I fuck? Think, I think they are. I think they are. I think well, they, yeah, they slowly they, are. They're, it they're, is yeah, they're, they're, they're slowly realizing that, okay, if we're going to make these as high-quality as movies, we have to give it the oomph of a, a movie story they can give. And I've been saying Hell for yeah. years – that there are, there are stories that I play in games that if they were made into movies would be blockbusters. <laughs> like if, 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 if Mass Effect was a three-part movie instead of a three-part game, it would be this gener- it would be a new generation of Star Wars fans. Oh, it would no shit. longer be it would no longer be Trek versus Wars. It would be Trek versus Wars versus Mass Effect. Uh, I gotta play Mass Effect. You so I, I, I really <laughs> think that, and I, I may just be a blubbering fanboy, but I really do think <laughs> that that that's. In, inherently possible. You want to talk about games with story? Why else do you play Heavy Rain? Exactly. I was just going to come to that. I mean, you don't play it for the gameplay. Shit, it's one big quick time event. That story. Who is the killer? Is he going to get his son back? Is it's all? Or first of all, it's all relative to what you do. The game is completely dependent on your options, awesome. on, on your actions. 
Um, any game where one of the you play as one of four characters intermittently, like you go back from scene to scene. Any game where if one of them dies, the story continues. I'm good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And the thing is, even with Heavy Rain, though, as good of a game as it is, as, as good of a story as it is, it's still only like the tip of the iceberg for great stories. We've seen a lot better than that in film. I mean, it's sure. an older medium, and this is just sort of starting what we want to see. And yeah. we need developers to actually take these steps to give us more reasons to play and to cater to these these reasons that we play, I think. I think knowing how and why we play games and what people like to see in their games should really drive development forward besides just giving us more guns or, or know. You know, more... More, more. Or just another number on the package. <laughs> I thought Modern Warfare 2's, or Modern Warfare, the Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2, that story, that campaign storyline is not mm-hmm. bad. Oh, yeah. It's not bad at all. I mean, it, it, I'm it's only... engaging. I mean, what? the last thing you do, the last thing you actually do in Modern Warfare 2, when you're laying on your back, Eddie, I don't know if you've beaten it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I think and it's safe to say it. Oh, yeah, I guess it's been long enough. Okay, for, for Wait, Jordan, what do you mean? Describe it, yeah, because yeah. I've never played the campaign. I only played okay, against yeah, the, At the end of Modern Warfare 2, you're fighting with like, – you're laying on your back because the bad guy just stabbed you. Okay. He just stabbed you, and you're laying on your back with the, with, the, with the knife in you, and you look to your left, and your partner is in a fist fight with the bad guy, and the bad okay. guy's winning. The bad guy's got him. He's, like, on top of him, and he's crouched over him, and he's punching him. You – slowly move your head down to your body. You press the button to grab the knife. You tap the button to pull the knife out of you. And then you turn the knife around and you throw it at the bad guy and it goes right in his eye and it kills him. Ah! That's That's awesome. And I don't think that a movie would be able to portray that moment the way that the game does because movie cameras can't get inside people's skulls. Right. Not yet. Right. And so that's what they need to do. They need to marry that. You know, they need to take all of these very game specific uh, methods of portraying the action and combine them with the narratives that are really top tier that, that you see. We're asking a lot. Now that I think about it, we're asking a lot of game developers. Yeah, I mean, but, we are, but I mean, it's the future. Why not? Yeah, why not demand a lot? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not asking a lot of, of game developers at all. All we're asking them is to, first, Homefront. Eddie, you, you're familiar with Homefront. You just went to Montreal to preview it. Yes. The guy who wrote Red Dawn is writing that story. Cool. If he could write the story for Red Dawn, he can write an appropriate story for Homefront. Okay. It's, so it's they're all employing right. the right people. Yeah, it's yeah. about employing the right talent. That's all it is. But I, I mean, if, if but you... I think it's so much like a time, like it's. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of every developing game, but it always seems like it's a time crunch, and they want to pinch money. Like it's do it fast and do it on the cheap. Well, right, but that, that's most the of the time. Stuff. Much that's of that. the time. But yeah. if it's just an original idea, like, and, and even that, you don't know how long they were developing that game before they told you about it. Mm-hmm. True. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Heavy Rain, before we actually found out about it, how long do you think it took to actually bring that 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 story and, and all those graphical, the graphical craziness to life? It had to have taken forever. It, mm-hmm. It's not just like a, it had to have been like a three, four year development cycle. Mm-hmm. There's no way it couldn't have been. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's that advanced that if it wasn't, it would be it would be. Unreal. That's awesome. See, I think I lost hope. I think I thought that maybe the big companies only want to make these fast games. Like, it's good to know that that some companies are dedicated to the slow, lengthy, risky oh, process. Oh, As in any industry, there's going to be the cream of the crop, and then there's going to be the rest. It's just we we focus so much on on the top tier that mm-hmm. we forget that the really blockbuster best games are, are few and far between. You think about. Oscar winners each year and um, their average ratings among fans and critics and usually Oscar winners for the year may not even be like 90% games. Yeah. So yeah. You, you may get one of these great, great masterpieces once every few years and while we can demand them, we can't expect them constantly, you know? Right, you're right. There's gonna you're be right. So true. Chafe. 
Well, I think that pretty much covers everything that we wanted to talk about from the reasons we play all the way down to what developers should take from that. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, it was a good conversation. Thanks, guys. No, we were, we were bugging out a little bit. Awesome. So um, please, listeners, check out everything at GamerNode.com. And if you would, uh, rate us on iTunes. And uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to hear, anything you want to say to us, just shoot us an email at versusnode at gamernode.com. Um, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you then, folks. Peace.